0: Good evening, Clemson FCA. Oh, y'all can do better than that. We're able to worship tonight and gather together in this place. You chose to be here. Good evening, Clemson FCA. Yes. Man, I'm excited to be here. Clemson FCA has a special place in my heart and in the heart of my family. Uh, my wife sends her regards, to Y'all know she's a much better speaker than I am, so uh, next time maybe you'll get her, yeah? Because she's astounding, but you're stuck with me, so I'm going to give you a word. I'm not going to kill any more time with it. I've got two volunteers. You know who you are. Come on stage. I need you. I need you quick. I need you to move fast because I'm losing time. They've got a timer on a chocolate preacher. You've got to move like you mean it, okay? Uh, <laughs> just being transparent. Being transparent. We're going to keep our six feet, though, because I don't want you to be like, I got COVID and I gave it to you, okay? Volunteer number one. Let's go with Ansley first. Can we go with Ansley first? Can you come over here? Ansley, come on. Come on. Stand right about there. I'm going to give you six feet. All right. Everybody. Ansley. Everyone say, hi, Ansley. That was not loud enough, nor were you obedient. Repent. Not all of you said it. Try it again, especially you with your mask. Disposing your nose, you didn't say it. I saw your mouth. Hi, Hi, Ansley. That's much better. Okay. You're going to turn around, and you're going to look at those lights like you love them. Look at them, stare at them hard. All right. Where's my mic? All right. Go. Five people are going to say your name. You ready? Five people are going to say your name. I want your hand in the air, and every time you hear your name, I want to see a finger go up. Okay? Don't use the middle finger first. All right, go. Ansley. 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 It was so funny, uh, Ansley. Ansley. Say him again, him again, him again, him again, him again. Give him, get him one more time. Get the guy that just did it. Get it one more time, cause I was talking and I missed it. Ansley. <laughs> okay, okay. He tried to add bass. He was like trying to get a date or something. He's like, oh, Ansley. <laughs> All right, turn around, Ansley. Who said your name? Point him out. Um, I don't know. You don't know? Mm-hmm. I, have, I have no idea. Oh, goodness me. That's awkward. Um, Sorry, all right. <laughs> you did a great job. Thank you. you did exactly what I asked of you. you. Wow. Y'all give Ansley a hand. Okay, don't, don't leave yet. Stay, stay, because we're going to honor you. Angela. All right. What's your name, buddy? Logan. You see the bass? You saw what he did just then? Logan. <laughs> that's all right. Oh, that's, that's him. All. See how they all did that? They were like, that's who he is, dog. Yo, no fun. That's my boy, B. One of them said B. I don't know. Maybe not. All right. He didn't, they didn't say B. You know that. He's like, I know they didn't say B, pastor. All right. Logan. Sir. Turn around. Look at those lights. Like you love them. Okay. Hand in the air. Every time I you hear your name, co- close your fist, bro. Okay. All right. You know, you know the drill, right? You understand what to do now, right? Yes. Ladies, are, are you, they're wondering if you're single right now. There's two people I asked. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I saw two ladies like this. I ain't even started talking about the Bible yet. Y'all taking notes. That's not, this is not the sermon. Thanks, Logan. I'm glad it's you. All you're right. <clears throat> Five people. Let's go. Logan. One, you got to think. Oh yeah, you're doing the German thumb first thing. Okay. What? Oh, Logan. <laughs> he was so confused. He was like, "I'm not in this." And he's like, "What are you doing, bro? I'm on the camera." Logan. I need to start charging people for this. Logan. All right. Who said your name? I'm not sure. Try again. Just take a look around. Who said your name? He's walking from over there, so somebody over here. What? So, would you let you hear people say your name? Yeah. So, you heard every voice? Yep. Yeah. And you didn't recognize any voices? No, sir. If you, ra- if you said Logan, raise your hand. What's up, Luke? Wow. Sorry. My bad, Luke. Look, you know why his feelings are hurt? Was a. You know what he expected? That I'll recognize it? I should have. Why, why would he expect you to recognize his voice? Because he's my friend. I know his voice. That's my bad. You see where I'm going with that? Yes, sir. Do y'all hang out? Yeah. A little bit? We just had Mellow Mushroom before this. Yep. Yeah. So you should have what? I should have recognized his voice. Y'all see that? Y'all give Logan a hand. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Ansley. Y'all did an excellent job. All right. Logan's friend, what's your name again? I know, I was just wanted you to say that out loud. Luke, I am your father. Logan and Luke. Why was Luke's feelings hurt? Everybody, why was Luke's feelings hurt? They spend time together, right? They're clearly friends. They're like less than six feet hanging out, right? I bet they eat pizza together, right? And here's the reality. Luke expected Logan to know he spoke and said his name. Luke expected Logan to know that when he spoke, the effort taken to say his name was recognized by Luke unto Logan, and Logan needed to respond. Maybe Logan got to spend some more time listening to Luke. And maybe the reason that you don't know if or when God is speaking to you is because you don't spend the time you need to with him This illustration goes to show that when you said Ansley's name and she didn't know you because she'd never talked to you before, maybe. Or it was brief, or there was no intimate time, or your mask was too thick, I don't know. But maybe, just maybe, you're wondering, how can I have an intimate relationship with God? Or even more specific, how can I know when he's talking to me? I had a young person ask me one time, they said, Pastor Stephen, God doesn't talk anymore. (laughs) I said, really, what makes you think that? Because I've never heard him. I said, what makes you the standard? You just confirmed to me the lack of your relationship. I wanna talk to you tonight about intentional intimacy and the the, the necessary part of time in any relationship, and just how, just how important God sees your relationship with him, but it takes intention on your part because you live in tension already. The tension in your life is self and obedience to God in every case because self wants to please self because being with God causes pruning. Because when you come to recognize the holiness of God, you have to change. Otherwise, you're like, I just want to be condemned. Intentional intimacy isn't easy. But it's not supposed to be. Let me ask you a question. Could you imagine calling a friend on the phone? And before you even get to say hello, they start talking. (laughs) Like, as soon as you open or slide or whatever, I said open like a flip phone. Y'all probably don't even know what a flip phone is. God, I'm old. But as soon as the phone gets up to your face or you tap the AirPod in your ear, they just start... they just keep going and every time you're about to it's almost like double dutch you're like waiting for them to take a breath so you can say yeah that's funny or something but they just keep going and then when they're done they go "Whew, that was a great conversation bye right was that a conversation who did the talking who did the talking Thank you. I was about to test my microphone. (laughs) I mean, goodness, you can't hear me with this. God, I'm sorry. They did the talking. Were they listening to you? Now I want you to think about your prayer life. Uh Uh-oh. Imagine for a moment sitting where God sits listening to you. I have two kids, right? And it's funny when we're having conversations. Daddy, guess what? Did you know every time that you put something in the sink that doesn't belong there, that sometimes you can actually clog the sink up. And if you clog the sink up, you have to call a plumber, and a plumber has to fix it. Plumber's not a fixed sink, Daddy. And then you see what happens, right? And I'm sitting there like, And some of the stuff they're saying is logical, but much of it is not. (laughs) And the stuff that's not, I'm just like, I'll wait. But sometimes my kids don't go, Daddy, is that right? They actually just go, all right, I'm done. And they're off. Did we talk to each other? Did we talk to each other? Did we have a conversation? Did they get any better? (laughs) Did they learn anything? Do they know what I want? (sighs) Okay, I'm going to talk to this side of the room, because this side of the room is like, I don't like him anyway. He didn't pick me for the... (laughs) He didn't ask me to be on stage. I'm not going to talk to him. (laughs) Intimacy with God... It's more than just you telling someone else what you're doing for God. You see, God never designed you to do stuff for him. Uh Uh-oh, I messed up somebody's whole life. He designed you to do things with him. That's why he gives you his spirit so that when you're forgiven of your sins and the spirit comes inside of you he can now talk to you because God is spirit says John 4 24 and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth and so as you're having that spirit connection you're able to hear and speak and God is saying now go and he's with you when you start doing stuff for God you're making the decision on what to do and you may get ahead of him That's a bad place to be. You can't follow Jesus and be in front. How can you obey God when you're already doing something instead? He calls you, he redeems you, he lifts you up so that together you can join him because he was working before you were born. He had a plan, a mission, something he desired to have done. Don't pray, Lord, what's your will for my life? Say, what's your will that I may have my life in alignment with you, even if it means my life ends? That is intimacy with God, because then you'll come to understand that God is so much bigger than you, because the closer you get, the realize the more you don't know. I spend my life studying this word. Every day I'm with him. I mean, I read commentary. I mean, I'm a dork on lexicons. I mean, good night. (laughs) I train preachers. And I say this to say, don't glorify me. I'm like, Paul, I'm like, you want to go glory in the flesh? We can go toe to toe. The flesh is nothing. I count it all as dumb just to know Jesus. Because the more I come to know about him, the excellence of knowledge in him, the more I realize nothing else matters and how much I really don't know about him. It's like the more I find out, I'm like, God, there's a whole. like you realize what you don't know when you come to know him. And the more you come to know him, the more you realize he is magnificent. He is awe-inspiring and he's so great and so big, it doesn't matter what instruments are playing, say his name and I'm in. Have a ukulele and I'm going to worship. No, really, like I was in Hawaii. Anyway. How do you you attain this intentional intimacy? This tension that you have in your life internally to please and glorify yourself and not please and glorify God because you can never glorify God you don't first start listening to. Like you got to, one, spin time getting to know him and it takes time just like if someone calls you and never stops talking or asks you a question when's the last time you asked God a question and waited for his answer just think about it just think about if you were to pray for four minutes just four minutes I'm not saying 4d minutes just four minutes and you took two of those in silence you started with father in heaven I'm listening and you just sat there you intentionally waited for him to respond. You intentionally waited. For him to maybe impress on your heart something he's been waiting to say. Maybe he's been waiting to reveal a sin that you've been covering up and unrepentant for. Maybe he wants to identify a problem that he sees in your life or a person in your life that is the problem. Maybe he wants to reveal something so great and magnificent it's beyond your ability to comprehend. But if you were to just be silent and let him speak, then he could get closer to you and you'd know what he wanted. It takes intentional time with him. It takes slowing down. This pandemic has given you that opportunity, hasn't it? You've slowed down so much, you hated slow. Couldn't wait to get in your car and get somewhere. Because you were so ready to run from what God gave you. You ran from the gift. Some of you said, I had, I'm, I'm getting anxious, or I'm getting depressed, I'm, I'm alone. God's like, you're not alone, I'm right here. You only feel alone because you're not talking to me. You ever, you have a friend that you maybe were arguing with or y'all were at odds with each other, maybe in a relationship, dating, right? And they gave you the cold shoulder. <laughs> like they just were like, I ain't talking to you, right? And you sat in the car in silence like they're right there but it's no talking and you're like and you really want to say something but you know they're not going to listen and not only they're not going to listen they're going to receive what you say and it's not going to help the situation so you wait so they have a change of Oh yeah, oh oh, y'all might get on a ride home, maybe. Cause God is doing the same. He's going, just, just stop. Just, so I'm, I'm I wait. And then something happens in your life that sits you down. Something happens in your life that makes you go. <gasps> And who's the first person you run to when stuff gets tough? Thank you. Oh God, I got one, Jesus, I got one. Because it's crazy when things are excellent, who do you forget first? It's so funny, man, young people, you get some money, You ain't thinking about tithing, you're thinking about stuff. Amazon Prime it up. Yes, send. Two days, it's here. Right? When things are up, your mind is down. But when things are down, you start looking up. It's so backwards. Because if you were intimate with God and you were always with him, You didn't have to wait for things to get down to look up, and when things got down, you didn't get down because he was already with you, and you were confident in this, that he's already there and he's working it out. You can step back in your situation and say, oh, great God, I'm not afraid. I will face this flesh. I will not fear because you are with me. Me, You've never left me. There's a valley. I feel like death around me. I have a rod and a staff. You always comfort me. You're with me when I'm hurting. You're with me when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I go through ups, when I'm on the top of the mountain. I can feel the sun shining and your glory. And when I'm in the valley and it's hard and I'm weeping and I'm struggling, I can stand on your promises because you were with me before. how do you get there? How do you get to that place? Let me think about it. I've been talking to you for a total of 20 minutes now, right? And I didn't touch my notes or the word. It's like asking me to talk about my wife. I don't need my notes. It's my wife. She could manipulate her voice to sound like Tweety Bird or Snoopy. I'd be like, baby, come out there. Where you at? I probably smell her from across the hall. She'd be in the lobby walking and I'd be like, Yeah, that's me. Because I know her. And if the Lord were to say, son, go. I don't have to say, I think that was the Lord. I believe that maybe just did I eat a burrito today? I'm not sure. Nowhere in the word of God do you hear, I think I heard the Lord say. Check it. Google it if you like to. No prophet says, I believe that the Lord said unto me. Nope. God said, thus saith the Lord, the King Jimmy. Right? When God said it. The, everybody that he was talking to knew it. God doesn't have a speech impediment. He doesn't stutter. He doesn't need a megaphone. And he knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows how you hear, what you hear, and when you're listening. And you wonder if he's not speaking to you because he already knows you're not listening. <laughs> like take my kids, right? I know when my son's not listening. He can be looking dead in my face. He'll be like, As he's widening his eyes, he's trying to make himself look at me, but his mind is elsewhere. And so I just stop talking. And he goes, what is it, daddy? I'm like, you're not listening. He's like, but I like a cookie. Get your cookie and come back. You done? Can we, you want some milk too? I mean. Because I know my son. I've been there from his beginning. He is me. His existence is from me. And so I know him better than he knows himself. He can't even lie to me without me knowing it. He's got this little eye twitch and his hand starts flickering. I know it. He He can't get past me. And he's like, God, I can't trick my dad. You know what? You can't trick God. So stop trying. When he says repent of your sin, do it. He's not, you don't commit a sin and God's in heaven going, oh, what are we going to do? Surely just sinned. Oh, it's over. We just sang the song and he had a plan from the start. I'll go one step further. Before anything started, his plan was perfect. God created time, space, and matter in the first verse of Scripture all together. And when he said it is, it was. And when he said it's finished in John 19, it was done. You were paid for. It is finished. So when you confess your sin, as 1 John 1:9 says, he'll be faithful and just to forgive you. All you have to do is ask. It doesn't matter if you got dipped and flipped already. Praise God. You sin again, you're going to. He knew you were going to do that. That's why he had to go. But he came back because he loves you and he's waiting for some intentional time with you. So slow down. Spend time. I can hear you. I hear you. Here's what you just said. But pastor, I look at these words. I don't understand them. They don't make sense to me. I get sleepy. I take pills for that. Okay. Okay. This is what intentional intimacy looks like. Whoever goes to the gym, I see some of you work out. Logan's staring at me like he can take me right now. <laughs> he was on stage like, he better not push me on the stage. <laughs> it's okay, bro. I'm married. I ain't. I'm good. Anything that you want, you already know how to get it. Everything that you desire, You have a strategy to get it, and if you don't have it yet, whether it's a figure, yourself, whether it's a person, whether it's a substance, you know how to get it, and you have intentions to get it because you do it. The sin that you are still in, you intentionally do that, but you want to convince me that somehow you struggle with intimacy with God. No, you don't. You just need to change your heart you have to say, I want that. I want, I want peace. No matter what's going on in my life, I want real joy because happiness is fleeting. I want to be able, I want to be able to be with people who are hurting and lift them up. Not because it's hard for me, but because out of the overflow of my relationship with the one who indwells in me, you're going to get blessed just by being in proximity. Have you ever read Acts chapter 4? Raise your hand. Read Acts chapter 4. Okay, great. I can give you a gift. Read it. Verse 13 says this. Peter and John, right, they were being pressured by the Sanhedrin to stop preaching Jesus. These are super educated spiritual leaders of Jerusalem. And they're telling them, stop preaching, stop healing, stop saying the name of Jesus. And you know what happened? These leaders were impressed that these dudes could not only clearly articulate Scripture, but they were healing people. And they said they were impressed, they marveled that these were uneducated and untrained men. But it was clear they had been with Jesus. You can tell when someone's been with the Lord, right? So can the world that's far from God. Because they'll just be like, whoa, that's different. We were driving in the car and someone cut you off and you didn't use hand signals. Wow, you're different. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I got seven minutes. I'm read the, I'm read the scripture. You ready? John. Chapter 15, I'm going to make it. Y'all watch. You better be intentional with your pen, real intentional with your pen. Because if you're not, you don't want it. And and here's the thing. Don't ever come to a sermon without a Bible, a notebook, and a pen. I don't care if it's an Apple pencil. Bring it. You wouldn't go to the table to eat without utensils. Why in the world would you come hear God's word without a way to record what you got? I mean, use your phone notes, whatever. But... How are you going to take away something if you've got nothing to carry it with? You'll get to the car and be listening to Tupac and you'll forget everything you heard. All right. <clears throat> Gospel of John, chapter 15. Let's see what Jesus says. I'm going to give you three points, all that. I got you, I got you, I got you. I'm a good Baptist preacher, I promise. All right. <clears throat> Jesus' words, he's talking. John 15, let's see what he says about intimacy with him and what it looks like. John 15, starting at verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Hold on, just pause right there for a second. Put your finger down. I want you to see the options here. Bear fruit, get cut off, right? Don't bear fruit, get removed. (laughs) Two painful options. Both cost something. One eternity away from God, the other eternity with God with some trials and pruning on earth. He says, if you're in me and you don't bear fruit, you're going to get taken away. But if you're connected to me, I'm going to just prune some things away from you that aren't like me and that aren't helpful for you to do what I've made you for. Watch this. I'm continuing the same verse in verse 2. That it may bear more fruit. He says, the pruning happens so more productivity can take place. Bears much fruit. Watch the shift. For without me, without me, you can do nothing. Think about those times that you feel the greatest emptiness. Think about what was happening in your life and what your intentions were leading you to intentionally do. If you're looking for completeness in a person on this planet and that person's leading you to pursue sin, don't, no wonder why you're hurting. Because the one person who does complete you will never lead you to sin. He will redeem you from sin and fill you with his spirit and give you joy everlasting so that in that intimacy, others will be drawn to you and get to know him. I don't care if you forget my name when I leave, but when I'm gone, remember Jesus. Remember, he asks you to be intentional with what you do and with who you are, because what you do shows who you are and what you believe. Verse 6, he says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Think about how final that is. Branches burned? What are they good for after that? What can you do with tree ashes? Got some money somewhere. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Let me pause there right quick, because this gets preached wrong often. They'll use Psalm 34, 7, right? And they'll be like, "Um, the Lord says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. Now, let me give you a prime example. When I met my wife, I couldn't stand slow music. I liked upbeat jazz. I liked hip hop. I liked R&B, you know. I like tooting the blowfish on occasion. But when I met her, I did not like slow jams. I was like, what for? I got stuff to do. Let's move this thing. I work out what I'm going to play a slow jam for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're feeling that, bro. Give me two more reps. Mm. No, I hated slow jams. I couldn't stand it. But when I saw her, I said, oh. He who found it, the wife found it a good thing. Esther mm-hmm. been in oil for a whole year. I see you, I see you, I see you. Thank you, uh-huh. Mine. And I found out she likes slow music. And I thought, Hoo. Hoo. but I delight in her. I don't delight in that. But as I spent time with her, learn to enjoy that you may not enjoy spending time reading the word or praying or doing anything that God calls you as a spiritual discipline fasting yeah right you're thinking man I go to fast food real fast because I'm hungry right but I ain't fasting from no food right when you come to know the Lord and you realize that your flesh has been controlling you too long, and God's like, "Time for this," and you're like, "I don't want that," and He's like, mm. and "He's like, oh, but I want to be close to you." Well, then you need to experience that. Okay, I don't just don't leave me. So you delight yourself in the Lord, and then, then there's the desires of your heart. But if you go, Lord. I want a wife now. And I want to practice things with a woman like she's my wife before we're married. I want all the milk without the buying the cow. Bring that to my heart, Lord. Are you going to be blessed by him? You can't shack up with Satan and expect God to pay the rent. And so here's what you need to understand plainly. God has standards and protocols, and they've never changed. He's not lowering them for anybody else. Don't say he's going to give you what you asked for just because you asked for it. He's going to tell you no sometimes. Why? Because you're in the flesh, and we're sinful, and he's perfect, and we're not. So sometimes he's going to tell us no for our good. You think I don't tell my kids no? No. Don't take my cookie story wrong. I tell my kids no. And I do that why? For their good. So when he says here, ask. For the desires of your heart. He's talking to his disciples who've been with him for three and a half years because they know what Jesus wants. He's already predicted that they're going to deny him. He's already predicted they're going to leave him. A couple hours from this scripture, Jesus will get betrayed by one of the guys listening and he's going to get crucified the next day. But he's saying it's not for you to ask for sin because when you want to be intimate with God, you'll hate sin, you will detest sin sin. You'll be convicted for the little... There's no such thing as a white lie. What? Who came with that stupidity? A lie is a lie is a lie. What's a blue lie bad? Blue lies matter. No. Don't lie. Lying is lying. God detests it. Read Proverbs 6. It'll change your life. Verse 8. Watch this. By this, watch this, he says, bear much fruit, abide in his word, abide in him, be with him. Verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear, what? That you bear much fruit. How do you bear much fruit? Pruning. How do you get pruned? Intimately close to him, in him, and him in you, time. Praying and listening, waiting, watching, reading, learning. So when he says your name, you're not guessing if it's him. You know. You know. He says, by this my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple." Number one, knowing God requires time with him. I mean, that's so simple. Intentional intimacy, choose him. If you've seen the little warning box pop up on Netflix that says, are you still watching, but you can't quote four verses in a row, that's a problem. That's a a real problem. Think about where you're spending your time. Think about what you practice. Do you remember Matthew 16? Well, in Matthew chapter 16, the disciples are together and Jesus asks a question. He says, who do they say that I am? Jeremiah, John the Baptist, blah, blah. Who do you say that I am? They had spent time with him. They had watched him do miracles. Who do you say that I am? He got intimate, he got real, he got personal. You ever had someone, a friend of yours say, hey man, let's get real for a second. That's usually a bad thing, right? Hey man, let's get real for a second. Jesus said, who do they say I am? All right, let's get real. Who do you say that I am? Maybe you need to write this on your mirror every morning before you get up. Who do you say I am? Because if he's your Lord, he's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Who do you say I am? Number two, closeness to God means you follow His commands. So first, you spend time with Him. You learn what He says. You know what He wants. You understand His desires, and His desires become yours. You learn to like slow music like I like slow music now, right? But once you get to know Him, your closeness will call you to obey Him. In John 14, Verse 15, he literally says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. It's that simple. To know him and spend time with him. And closeness, closeness with him means you're going to follow what he says. Last, number three. Loving God is proven as you respond to him in obedience. You know him by spending time with him. Luke will now be known by Logan. His voice will be clear because they're going to spend more time together and they're going to talk with masks on. So that never happens again. Knowing requires time, difficulties, being in the trenches with someone. And from that point, when you do that with God, all of a sudden you start to know what he wants. It becomes clear. I don't have to ask my wife what she wants from Firehouse. I know. I have to ask what sushi she likes. I know. I have to ask what Starbucks order she wants. I got an app for that. And I know. Grande white chocolate mocha, five, t- five pumps of white chocolate mocha sauce with extra whipped cream and milk. <laughs> I know her. And so I know what she wants. And I prove that I love her. I prove that I love her by how I treat her. By giving her my time. By honoring her. You do the same with God. You prove that you love him by honoring him and obeying him and doing what he said. Because what he says is very different than what society says is okay. Number one, knowing God requires time with him. Number two, closeness to God means you follow his commands. Number three, loving God is proven if you respond to him in obedience. The question is, do you love him? And the question is, okay, well, do you obey him? Then the question becomes, okay, do you really know him? And if you said no to any one of those three, he's calling you now. You're not here by accident. Here at planet Earth, here at FCA tonight, you are not here on accident. I'm not here on accident either. They called me. God called me first. I've got a long ride home. And I could die on the way home. But let me tell you, if God decided in his perfect sovereignty that I'm supposed to go, but I was supposed to come here and one of you was supposed to come to him through my obedience, praise God, because I know his heart. And his heart is to pursue your heart with everything he's got. And he'll give his best for you. I mean, I'm not his best, you know, I'm just saying. But he would give his only son for you, and he did. He sent his only begotten to come to this earth. He left majesty for a manger. He rode a borrowed donkey into town because he didn't own anything, and then they crucified him, put him in a borrowed tomb because he wouldn't need it long. He rose. He rose on the third day like he said he would, and he is pursuing you today. He says, come to know me. Come to know me. He loved you before you had your first heartbeat, and he'll love you at your last heartbeat. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Will you be intentional with pursuing him back? Just turn around, repent of your sin, ask him for newness of life, and let him know I submit to you as Lord and watch your life change. There's going to be people on the room. They're going to have glow necklaces on. They're going to say that way smoother than I just did and they're going to help introduce you to Jesus so your intimate relationship can begin and let me say this to you if you say hey pastor I got dipped and flipped a long time ago I got saved many years ago great, how's your relationship? if you need to pray with someone just to be with you as you go back to the fathers throw one more time and say Lord forgive me I've been gone too long I want to come back like I never left. You can do that tonight. The glow bands will be across this room. We're gonna be worshiping. We're gonna have intentional time for you to make a decision to be closer to him intentionally. How are you gonna respond? How are you gonna respond? Stand to your feet, stand to your feet I'm going to pray for us and we're going to worship and I'm going to challenge you to respond the way the Lord tells you to. Close your eyes, let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, God, I thank you for this time we've had together. Oh, great God, we love you. And those of us in this room who have been close to you for a long time, We understand that this is not a one-day experience that only starts and finishes. at one point in time, we know it's a long-term relationship. And it's one that's never-ending. And it's the most fruitful thing that could ever happen to us. And God, God, there may be someone here tonight who who had started their walk with you and they've walked another way. Lord, draw them to you right now. Call them to respond, oh God call them to find someone to pray with them and then be intentional to stay with them and hold them accountable, to love you better because you deserve that. And Father in heaven, there's someone here tonight who does not know you. They came for some other reason. They came for some other purpose, but they heard of you tonight and their conviction is real. And Lord, they need you. Jesus, They need to know you for real. Holy Spirit, convict them to get real right now. Draw them to respond, to find a glowing neckband and say, I want to get close to Jesus. Lord, impress on their heart to say, I need Jesus. I want a real, authentic relationship. And Lord, draw them to you right now. God, as we worship you again, as we sing, Lord, let us cherish you all over again. Remind us of your glory once again. And move on these, your people, to obey you in everything. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's children say